Amen, amen, amen. Isn't our worship team amazing? Man, I'm telling you, we, got, we have so many amazing teams of people uh, around here that it is just incredible. Yeah, let me scoot this up just a tiny bit. It's just incredible that we kind of get to do all, actually, probably better just set that on the ground. I probably won't take a drink. My Apple Watch now unlocks my computer. I love technology when it works. Enter passcode. Hey, do you know my passcode, babe? Well, welcome to our deep night. And um, if you know me very well, how many of you have known me more than five years? Show of hands. Okay, little less than half. Okay. Let me just tell you something real quick about me. I I am a guy that likes to kind of know everything that we're doing, know where we're going, having things very structured. I do not like to get out of my comfort zone. And so when we started to do the deep nights, one of the things we talked about is we want to get out of our comfort zone. We want to get out of the routine that these ruts that we get in, and and if we're not careful, those ruts actually become graves with the ends knocked out. And we don't recognize it, but we're looking for God to move in our life, but God's saying, look, I need you just to be ready to move with me. And we typically want God to move with us rather than us moving with him. In fact, I love the song we just sang about being in Egypt. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they were led by the cloud by day and the fire by night. They weren't just telling God, God, this is where we're going. You follow us. They were following God. And, and that's kind of what we want to do. And so every, every last Sunday that we do these things, I keep calling them deep nights, but, and Brianna keeps reminding me, it's last Sunday. Every last Sunday that we do, we're just going to try to do something different. We may plan and organize something and then do something totally different that night. So if you're looking for something to be real entertaining and just fun, this is not going to be it, all right? This is kind of a time where we're going to kind of drill down and dig in a little deeper. And so tonight, I, I want to do a teaching that some things that God has been just showing me and teaching me, and I literally just finished this this afternoon. And so, in fact, I was a little late getting here. My wife was calling me, um, and I knew that I was in trouble uh, because I was running late. But um, So tonight, I want to talk about hearing from God. And I'm going to do a lot of teaching and I'm going to give you a lot of stuff fast and quick. In fact, if I want to encourage you to take some notes tonight, um, because this is not going to be the milk of God's word. This is going to be the meat. It's going to be a little meatier tonight. And, um, I want, so I want to encourage you to take some notes and, and kind of lean in. And I know for some of you, you're probably way ahead of me on what I'm about to talk to tonight. So you're going to be like, okay, this is child stuff. But some of you, you this might be some fresh, brand new revelation, some aha moments, maybe some paradigm shifting moments of some things that God's speaking to me as the pastor of this church of where we're kind of going and what we want to kind of begin to move into as children of God. So tonight, I want to talk about hearing from God, and I want you to know that everyone that's here tonight that's a follower of Jesus Christ, that you are designed to hear from God. It's not just for a few people. You were designed to hear, hear from God, but many people fail to understand is that hearing is actually something that has to be developed. It takes actually more effort to hear somebody talking than it actually does to talk. And and what we often fail to understand is that sometimes we hear something and we may not actually be hearing what the person is saying. Has that ever happened to you? Any married people here tonight? You're saying something. There was a story about a, a wife who asked her husband to go to the supermarket and she said, get a carton of milk. And if they have avocados, get six. So the man goes to the supermarket and he comes back with six cartons of milk. The wife is surprised and asks, why did you get six cartons of milk? The husband replied, they had avocados. 
So our hearing has to be developed. We have to learn how to listen. But I, I want to drive this point home tonight. You were designed to hear from God. It's in our nature as children of God to have faith. And it's the seed of faith inside of you that enables you to hear from God. I hear people say this all the time, and many of you may be saying it. I can't hear from God. If that were true, and it's not, but if it were true, then you wouldn't actually be a child of God. Because our conversion to become a child of God is in response to an invitation from him. It wasn't initiated by us. And I would venture to say that when people surrender their lives to Christ like they do on Sundays here at Amarillo Fellowship, most of them would not say that they heard the voice of God. But they became aware of their unsaved and their condition and their need for God. So what is that the result of? It's the result of hearing from God. Are y'all tracking with me? So we've got to change our mindset about what hearing actually is. Because comprehension is not evidence that we've heard. Stick with me. We have a tendency to put God on the same level as us as human beings, the way that we talk to each other, and yet God's languages are so diverse. God often speaks things that are so deep and so profound that they are actually above our pay grade, so to speak. Where he speaks to our spirit man that makes a deposit into our life that may take days, weeks, and months to actually unfold, but it's true, he's speaking to us. Like someone in business that makes a decision that seems like it's brilliant and it turns out to be a gold mine. Or a family member, a friend that you give a gift to that's incredibly timely and you didn't even know that there was a need. And we often, and we often have that brilliant idea or make that timely decision not realizing that God actually spoke that to us. That he actually spoke to us during the night or days or weeks before. But we sometimes don't make the connection between God speaking and that idea. And what you saw as a brilliant decision or some lucky coincidence was actually the product of the voice of God in your life. He speaks. How many of you would say this? You've been in this season and maybe it seems like it's been your entire life where you, you feel like I'm just not hearing the voice of God, but I am actually sensing his presence. How many of you, show of hands tonight, would say that? That's his voice. He is the word. Listen, when the word shows up, that is his voice. We often don't interpret it at, as his voice, and yet it is. It is as clearly the voice of God as anything that we've ever heard. One of the ways that God speaks to you and I is through his presence. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus says this, It is written that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We are alive because he speaks. The fact that you and I are here tonight is evidence that he speaks. He speaks things into existence. We know he did that with the world, but he speaks things into existence. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Say that with me if you would. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. One more time. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. 
Now, I've always taught and I still believe that faith comes from hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of Christ. But I think that there is a deep, a deeper revelation, maybe a part that we've been missing related to what God is trying to tell us through the scripture. It says this, watch this. It says that faith comes from hearing. You tracking with me? Faith comes from hearing and hearing comes from the word of Christ. What we want to learn how to, we want to learn how to hear God's voice, not find something in addition to the scripture, but to clarify what has already been written in the scripture. Listen, God the Father spoke to Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac on the altar. And as the knife is coming down, the Lord spoke and said, never mind. Now I know that Isaac was happy that his father kept listening to the Lord. Right? Many Isaacs have been slain because people have listened to what God said, but they stopped listening to what he is saying. It is actually the present tense voice of God that actually caused, is that actual, and the actual, let me say this one more time. It is actually the present tense voice of God that is actually the cause of faith operating and manifesting in our life. The present tense voice of God. The very, the very nature of faith implies that I'm hearing. Let me say it again. The very nature of faith implies that I'm hearing. The fact that I have faith means that I'm hearing. That's what's happening when a situation comes up and you're believing God for a breakthrough. How did you have faith? God spoke. That's how you decided to have faith. It's my hope and prayer that what I'm sharing tonight is that we broaden our perception of how God speaks to us. Because God speaks to us in multiple ways. He speaks to us through his word, through situations, through circumstances. He speaks to us through other people. He speaks through that still, small voice. But the main thing that I want you to understand tonight is that you were designed by God to perceive and hear the voice of the Lord. It's already in your design. Possibly not fully developed yet, but it's in your design. And learning to hear is part of the maturing process. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 5, the writer of Hebrews, who I believe it was Paul, says this. He says that we have much to say about this, but it's hard for you to understand. And then he says this in verse 14 about solid food. But solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have, have, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Notice they're having their senses trained. Human physical senses can actually be trained by immersion in the presence of God. In the presence of God, you can be trained to recognize good from evil. Something that I just learned this week is that when they train people who work in the banking system to recognize counterfeit money, they only study real money. They don't study counterfeit money. They become so exposed to the real that the counterfeit actually stands out. They may not even know why, but they just recognize that something is wrong with this. And that's how you and I learn to discern good and evil. We don't discern evil by studying evil. We get so immersed in the presence of God and in the nature of God that anything that doesn't fit in his nature, you recognize as evil. It's how you begin to understand the voice of God. So what we want to learn is how to stay immersed in the presence of God. 
Not come to a deep night, not show up on Sunday morning, get immersed, and then leave it here. We want to learn how to stay immersed in the presence of God because presence is voice. The presence of God is God speaking. And we're not always ready to fully understand or move in what he's saying. That's what often happens when we're worshiping. We suddenly sense his presence and his spirit begins to connect with our spirit. But don't be quick to try to understand what he's doing. A lot of times as God is doing something in our life, we analytically begin to analyze it. Don't do that. Stay immersed and stay connected with the Spirit. Just be quick to be the pliable child. Be that sailboat with your sails up and allow the wind of the Holy Spirit to lead, direct, and guide you. So we don't discover God through analysis. We discover Him through surrender. A surrendered heart to God. It says, God, whatever. Pam was sharing it this morning about the issue of pride in our lives a lot of times. And I just want to say, God does not want to hurt your pride. He wants to kill it. He wants to literally destroy it. Because you being fearful and prideful is the thing that keeps you from surrendering your heart to God. Listen, listen, it's not that understanding is wrong. He commands us to pursue wisdom and understanding. It's vital. But the problem arises when we only obey what we understand. Because then we have a God that looks a lot like us. And what God is looking for is for people who are yielded to him. Who say yes before he speaks. In fact, it is the heart that says yes even before God speaks that actually attracts his voice. So again, we have this verse in Romans 10. So then faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Just so you know, God will not ever speak inconsistent with his written word. That's why exposure to his word helps us recognize his voice. It's why exposure to his word helps us recognize the wrong voices. There's a story of a family driving on a mountain road when the son suddenly from, young son suddenly from the back seat says, says there, there's a big rock right around the corner. So the dad slows down as he rounds the corner, and sure enough, there's a larger boulder there. Impressed with their son, could hear from God like that, the parents ask, what else is God saying? The boy said that we should go to McDonald's. <laughs> and I think that's probably typical of all of us. We get it right once. Let me see if I can extend my will into your will. I've got a great plan for your life. So faith comes by hearing, but the capacity to hear comes from exposure to his word. If it was just listening to his recorded word, you could put his word on this on your iPhone, listen to it all day long, and have great faith. And I'm not saying that's not important. I listen to the word of God like that. But faith comes from hearing the living voice of God. Sometimes you're not even fully sure what he just said, but you know that he deposited something into your life. There have been many times in my life where I've read certain passages of Scripture that I just couldn't seem to get away from. Has has that ever happened to you? One time I was reading the parable of the seed and the sower, and I I left and kept on with my reading, but I just kept being drawn back to that, and I couldn't get away from the passage. I didn't fully understand what it was saying, but God was continually downloading things into my my life. It's, It's like the passage grabbed me. Have you ever had that happen? Something happens on the inside because of what you read. I believe that is true biblical learning. Where your spirit man learns before your natural man. We want to learn just with our mind, but your spirit man is what God is wanting to teach. It doesn't mean that you're not supposed to pursue understanding. I want to understand. I want to be able to explain. But often our spirit man is learning first. 
And it's that sensitivity to know that God is here. You may not even understand what he's saying, but you're willing to cooperate with whatever it is that he is asking you to do. You're not trying to lead God. You're allowing God to lead you. That's when you'll begin to discover that you seemingly have this passing thought that maybe you should call someone or, or say something to someone. And you do, and it's at a crisis moment. And your call and your words were the very thing they needed in that moment. This past week, Pam was telling me that she felt impressed to text a young lady in our church and tell her some things that God had laid on her heart. She said, I want to share these things with you. I'm not sure if it's God, but I want to share these things with you. The girl immediately responded back and said, that is exactly what I needed to hear in this moment right now. You never know sometimes what it is that God is prompting you today to do. And here's the thing. If you're not leaning into the fact that his presence is his voice, you might just miss it. You might just miss it. There's another passage in Hebrews chapter 1 that says this, that he, talking about God, upholds all things by the word of his power. So the entire universe is actually held in place simply because he speaks. It's his voice that keeps us alive. It's his voice that keeps us engaged. So much of what we understand in life is because of the fact that he spoke to you in the night. He spoke to you through a friend or a circumstance or a situation. He arranged all the players in your life to deliver a piece of information at this place and at this time to help you with a decision that you need to make later on in life. Because God is growing us to be more like Jesus. Let me say it again. God is growing us to be more like Jesus, who was the Word made flesh. And He is wanting His Word to be made flesh again. He is wanting His children to be able to model exactly what He says and exactly what He's doing. So that when others look at our lives, they see the exact representation of what is actually happening according to the Word of God. So faith comes by hearing. But the capacity to actually hear, the emphasis of hearing comes from the word of God or the word of Christ. Listen, Jesus taught in parables not just to illustrate truths. He did illustrate truth through the parables. But when the disciples asked, why do you teach in parables? In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus explained why he taught in parables. Jesus said that he taught in parables so that those who don't understand won't understand. Let me say it this way. Jesus hides truths in parable so that those who are not ready to obey will not understand. Listen, because if he increases the knowledge of those who are not ready to obey, he actually increases their accountability. It is actually the mercy of God to conceal truth and then make it to only those who are hungry so that only those that are hungry can find it. In our atrium... In our atrium at our house where Pam and I watch most of our movies, we've got these recliners that are incredibly uncomfortable. We, before this, we didn't have any recliners in our house. We bought these. They're incredibly comfortable. And sometimes Pam will go, hey, I'm, I'm going to the kitchen to grab something to eat. Do you want me to get something? I'll say, yes, I'm starving. I, I wasn't actually starving enough to actually get out of my recliner myself and go get it. But I was starving enough that if the conditions were right and you're going to bring it to me, well, then I'll consume it. And many people look at hearing God's voice that way. If it comes to me easily, if it's forced upon me, if all the conditions are just right, then I'll receive it. But I won't actually give any energy to get up and pursue it. 
There's not this leaning into learning how to hear God speak. What would God say to us if we told him yes before he spoke? What would he say if we told him, I will do it no matter what it is that he asks of us? There's this really interesting verse in John chapter 7. Verse 7, Jesus is talking and says this, If anyone is willing to do his will, talking about God, he will know of the teaching whether it is of God or whether I speak from myself. What Jesus is saying is if I'm willing to do whatever God says, my hearing will be clearer and I will be able to discern the voice of God. The ability to be able to discern comes through the willingness to obey. That is what positions you to be able to hear. It's fascinating. There's a story in John 12, and I don't have time to look at, where people literally hear the audible voice of God, but weren't brought to faith, weren't willing to obey, weren't willing to understand. See, I believe it's possible and necessary to live in a continuous anticipation of what God might be saying and what God might be doing. It's why we encourage you when God's word is being preached to lean into what God is up to. It's why we're doing these last Sunday services. They're designed for people who want to lean into what God might be saying, what it is that God might be doing. It's really not about the number of people that show up. It's really about God showing up and us being willing to follow us, follow him wherever he wants to lead us. But we have to anticipate what God is really wanting to do. I've got some friends, and and you may too, that they talk so softly, I actually have to lean in to hear what they're saying. You You got any soft talkers like that? Or maybe you're eavesdropping because your teenage kids are really talking really quiet to their boyfriend or to their girlfriend. You, you, you want to lean in just a little bit. The whole point is that when we want to hear, we lean in. Let me say it again. When we want to hear, we lean in. We anticipate. We give it our undivided attention. And what Jesus was saying in this John 7 passage is the willingness to obey before he speaks is what attracts his voice to your situation. The two things that I hope you take away from tonight's message is, first of all, recognizing that God is talking all the time. He's talking all the time. Sometimes it's like a radio dial. We're just not tuned in. But he is talking all the time. I'm not always aware of it. And sometimes I miss what he's saying, but he's talking all the time. The second thing is is that you and I would learn to live in a state of anticipation about God speaking. So we're always asking, what might God be saying right now? What is it that he's saying right now? I'm not sure how your conversations with God go, but often when I ask him a question, he doesn't give me an answer right away. I've noticed that God's timing is just simply not my timing. And it may be a scripture that I've read and I'm like, God, I really don't understand this. And now God will speak to me, but but normally it's not in that moment. In fact, sometimes it's weeks or months later. But when you ask a question, you and I have a responsibility to recognize the answer when it comes. Let me say that again. When you ask the question, we have a responsibility to recognize the answer when it comes. Sometimes it comes through a friend during a conversation who doesn't even know that he's answering your question. You go, ah, I just have this aha moment. It may come from a TV show, a worship album, or just a sudden download. You're driving and all of a sudden God reveals it. Oh, that's what it means. 
but you were you, you were able to hear God's voice because you're anticipating the one who speaks. And so learning to position ourselves as hearers of God is huge as followers of Jesus Christ because we're focused on hearing from God. The Bible says in Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10 that not to despise the day of small beginnings. What does that mean? It means don't discredit infancy. In other words, don't think it's inability when it's just small ability that hasn't matured yet. Let me say that again. Don't think that it's inability, your ability to not do it, when actually it's just small ability that hasn't matured yet. Because when you discount or discredit any progress you've made and you criticize yourself or think little of yourself because you're not, you're actually hurt the progress that you've actually made. Ever been around somebody that's overly critical? Don't look at the neighbor to your right or to your left. The Spirit is moving during a worship service, and you t turn to them and you say, man, can you just feel God moving in this place? And they're like, no. Listen, he may not be moving in their little three-foot circle that they're standing in, but I promise you, God is moving, and God is speaking. And that critical spirit, whether you're a pastor, a worship leader, small group leader, church attender, anybody that is growing and developing can cause you, if you're not careful, to see small ability as inability. And it can cause you to despise the day of small beginnings. I watch God do incredible things here at Amarillo, Amarillo Fellowship. And then I hear the critics. And I'm talking about people who actually come here. People who actually like us. And if we're not careful, we can allow them to dig up a seed and kill it. Because it's not a full grown tree yet. And I'm preaching tonight. When I look around and I see all these powerful ministries and ministers who are having these incredible moves of God, and they're already doing these Sunday night or deep services like we're just starting, it's, it's like those ministries are like this delish, delicious, fully grown and developed, plump, juicy apple. And when I look a lot of times at what we're doing, it's like a small apple that's just beginning to form on the tree. It might be a little sour. It, may, it might be a, a little bit bitter, but it is 100% apple. And you don't steward this into maturity by discrediting it. Translate that now into your ability to hear from God. Never say again, never imply again that it is hard for you to hear from God. Because it's in your nature. You are literally hardwired and designed by God to hear from God. Everything about you is wired and designed to perceive, to recognize, and to have fellowship with our almighty Savior and God. Your thoughts should be, I'm not what I want to be, but I'm better than I was. I, I, it's, not what it, it's not what it is right now, but it's what it's going to be that I'm excited about. And it's your yes before he speaks that positions you to lean in, anticipating what it is that God is about to say. And most of the time, it is a, just a subtle impression, almost a passing thought that says, say it sold in Jesus' name. And that impression or that passing thought is just as easy to miss as it is to actually get. Let me say that again. That impression or that passing thought is just as easy to miss as it is to actually get. It wasn't demanding. You actually had to lean in to recognize what is being said. Because at some point, 
in, in all of our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you, for me as a pastor, you just get tired of trying to protect your own dignity and your reputation. You really do. And you think, what if I step out on what I think I hear God saying? What's the worst thing that can happen? Nothing? That's already happening now. So a little over a week ago, I, I drove by a car that I was trying to sell. In fact, I tried to sell it last fall, left it out for, for a month or two, only had one phone call on it. I'm trying to sell it. And, and this thought dropped into my mind, say it's sold in Jesus' name. Years ago, I read a book about a minister who had actually had two, three houses that he was trying to sell. And he just decided every day he was going to drive by, you're sold in Jesus' name. So I said it, you're sold in Jesus' name. The next day, a man calls me, wants to look at my car, and he buys it for more than I thought that I would actually get out of it. Listen, my point is, I'm trying to make is not, not, let me back up and say this again. The point I'm trying to make is that it's not always about the prophetic ministry, some power for ministry. I'm for that. It's not always about some signs and wonders and this ooey gooey thing that we really love. I love those things too. It's about the fact that God is always speaking and you have the ability to always hear what it is that he's saying. So lean in and you'll recognize better what it is that he is saying if you'll just say yes before he speaks. Let me read one more verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 says this. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now this verse is interesting because you would think that the veil is taken away so that someone could turn to the Lord. But it's just the opposite. It's, it's backwards because there's actually enough evidence to the voice of God inside of every human being that if they'll just turn to God, the thing that has kept them from clear perception of the things of God will be lifted. That veil will be lifted and they'll see clarity. Clarity of sight is the reward for turning. Let me say it another way. Clarity of sight is the reward for stepping out in faith and letting it be a yes before you understand. Because it's often the still small voice or an impression that we get. So we want to grow in the clarity in which we hear. But what regulates that clarity is an attitude and a position of yes to God before he speaks. And here's the thing that, that I know about this, this type of teaching and, and these kinds of service, they really do create space for people to do weird things. They really do. If you've been in church long enough, especially if you've been in Pentecostal churches, you know it creates space for people to do weird things and then they blame it on Jesus. But I want you to know it is worth the risk. Let me say it again. It is worth the risk. There has to be risk to allow God to have his way. Listen, it's about Yahweh, not my way. And yes, we're going to use wisdom. We're going to correct things when things get out of order. But the risk is worth it. Because maybe tonight there'll be at least a few handful of people that will lean into God and hear things that they never heard before and begin to realize that he's been talking to them all the time. And they'll begin to perceive things about their life, their destiny, and their family that they may have never acknowledged before. And one word from God will not only change their life and the trajectory of their life, but it will change the lives of every person that they influence and come in contact with I want to I want to close tonight and say this in fact I'm going to invite the worship team to come up guys if you kind of come up really kind of subtly I am the product of a fourth and fifth my wife and I are products of fourth and fifth generation of followers of Jesus Christ I know things about God that I shouldn't hardly know but they were just implanted in my brain as a child 
Some of you, you're the first generation. You are, you're, you're the pioneer. You're the one leading and you, you look around and you go, I wish I had that now. Listen, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Lean into God. Decide that you're going to put a stake in the ground and say, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will follow after God. So I want to tell you how we want to kind of wind up the service today. This is going to be the only official dismissal in just a second. You can, if you need to scoot out, I know some of you got kids, you got to go, whatever you do. But what we're going to do is we're going to spend some time worshiping God. And here's what I want to ask you to do. If there's something that's been on your heart, you're trying to figure something out. Maybe it's a business decision, a, a career decision, a relationship decision, a financial decision. And you're going, God, what's going on? I want to encourage you just to spend some time worshiping and then get alone with God. And listen, listen, lean in, lean in. I promise you, he's talking all the time. And he may be even downloading things in your spirit that you don't understand right now. Don't try to figure it all out. Just get, just lean in. Just recognize that his presence is his voice. And then when we leave here, let's, let's make sure that we're going to stay focused on leaning into God on a continual basis. So I'm going to invite you just to stand up right where you're at. So I pray this over you as we close off our time together so I pray this over you God I pray right now for each person that's here I got I pray for every one of us God that are hungry for more of you God I pray for people that that they're, they're looking for some answers you've got some things that you've been saying to them and maybe they haven't heard them yet maybe they've heard them and they don't recognize they've heard them yet God I pray that they would be yielded to you Lord that they would they would lean into you that they would start with a yes God yes God yes God whatever you want to do in my life God that as you lean into him that he'll begin to reveal some things to you about maybe people that you need to go back and make a relationship right a, a decision that that you need to go back and 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 do something in and something that happened in the past or maybe it's something that's moving forward and God's beginning going to begin speaking to you about some things that he's got for your future so, Lord, I pray as we spend some time worshiping and spend some time just getting alone with you, God, I just ask, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. God, just breathe into us. Breathe into us, Lord. Breathe into us, God, because we need you. Lord, we need you. We don't want to do things on our own. We want, don't want to do things, God, by our own spirit and by our own flesh. God, we want to be led by you. We want to be directed by you. God, we want, to, we want to have you downloading things into our life on a continual basis, God. Father, so that the word that we heard before is awesome, but God, we want a now word for where we're at and what we're walking through. So God, breathe fresh life into us. God, as we worship you, let us connect with you, Lord God, in Jesus' name.